Hello, everybody. Welcome to Excuse My Language, but... When you walk in the bar And you're dressed like a star Rocking your F-me pumps And the man notice you With your Gucci back crew Can't tell who he's looking to Cause you all look the same Everyone knows... I'm here with the most amazing person I know. My go-to homie, my Irish twin, Miss Desiree Claiborne. Ew, don't ever call me Miss ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that? Um, you've You're all professional now. You're all professional no, you're really now. Not. Big time. No. Super. <laughs> no. My. I work from my so... living room. That is probably the least professional job you could pos- possibly have. <laughs> <laughs> So, so something, something I know, cause like, I, th- I think most people know you from your inspirational posts on Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff. And I think something people don't realize is just how fucking funny you are. Like you're by <laughs> far the funniest person I know. And, but you, you don't really show it in your posts. Like. I don't it think rarely I ever comes out. To be funny. <laughs> you just are funny. Well, thanks, but I. So Nate says that I'm funny too, which like I always toot my own horn. Whenever he says I'm funny, I get really excited. But I don't really think that I'm yeah. that funny. But a few people will say, "Oh my gosh, you're the funniest person I know," and I'm like, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, like no joke. If you like just wanted to do comedy, I think you could. But I don't think you like comedy like that. But, yeah, you're you know you're I was really a kid. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Right. When I was like five, Just, that was like my dream job. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And, and then I don't know could. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but that I'm shit's saying, hard. I try to be funnier. <laughs> yeah, right. it's really hard. I've actually noticed it recently in some of your posts. You've like kind of loosened up. Um, I, I, you were telling me the other day, your fuck off mentality of like, cause we both swear a lot. We all swear a lot just cause our parents swore a lot. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't even think our parents swore that much. I, maybe dad, but like, right. I don't know. I just think we just like weren't sheltered by that kind of stuff. But yeah, I totally am way, giving way fewer fucks on social media. Number one, because I'm now 100% self-employed, so I don't have to worry about losing my job or getting reprimanded at work, so that helps. But I think, too, I just, I don't know. I, I personally think as a society as a whole, I think we put way too much emphasis on words. And, oh, for sure. And, like, power behind words, and they're just fucking words, like, I don't know. I think I think for the most part, people walk around this life as if they get two of these things, and they get so right. bent up out of shape about stupid shit, like the word fuck. And so I definitely, I just I I incorporate it wherever I see appropriate, which is pretty much everywhere. <laughs> exactly, and that's what I've been doing lately. I talked about it in the last part. It was like I don't know. I just got tired of everybody being so fake on social media. And everybody being so cookie cutter, like everybody was doing the same thing. And I'm just like, this isn't how I talk. This isn't how I act in real life. I'm about to just start being me everywhere I am, <laughs> including social that's, media. Yeah. That's 
the way to be. <laughs> Just right. be yourself no matter what. Exactly. So the other day, uh, your fiance Nate texted me and was like, you should ask Desiree if she ate too many edibles last night. <laughs> and I was so, I was laughing so hard. Because I'm just like, wait, just ask her. Yeah, I'm like, was she faded? She was like, he, she was wasted. Dude, so I, text I you. thought I was dying. I actually, what I thought Why'd life ended. I thought yeah. life fucking ended. Holy shit. I'm so glad that I'm not. <laughs> employed anywhere <laughs> so like so i can so openly talk about this Holy so we shit, both was... we both get we both get the same cubes and like the cubes we get are 100 milligrams how much of that cube did you eat okay here's the thing here's the thing i yeah. took i so on the super bowl when i was home in michigan i took a pack of your edibles home with me because i usually help i take like a tiny bite before right. i go to bed with melatonin to help me sleep because ever since working night shifts at the hospital, my sleep schedule has never really gotten back to the same and that helps me sleep. So that night that Nate's talking about, I took a tiny bite. I had two in the pack. I took, I had like a, a small bite left of one, but it wasn't like a full bite. It was like a really tiny bite. So I just took the rest of that and I took a small bite of the other one and then uh, so here's the, the fucked up part. I think I just got hungry and just took another bite. And not hungry. I just think oh, no. it, they taste right. so good. <laughs> they do taste good. The, the, the blue ones yeah, we have, are so like, gummies. good. Yeah. They're yep. so good. So I think. It's like and, Kool-Aid. And think, the best flavor is blue. Like, yeah. The inner fat <laughs> kid in me. Oh, I was, on, I was on my period too. And my inner fat kid was like, take another bite. And I was like, I don't need another bite. I'm like, but it's so good. What's the worst that happens? I just fall asleep faster. That's what I was thinking. Mm. Not no, it's not That's at all not happened. How I thought my yeah. entire world was coming to an end. Like I, I oh, almost no. started crying. Like I, I remember crawling up the stairs because I could barely stand up, and then Nate was in the shower, <laughs> and I was like terrified. I was like, "When is he getting out of the shower?" I died. Like <laughs> I oh, thought no. I already died. I was like, "Someone's gonna tell right. Nate I already died." And like, holy shit, I was so <laughs> sad too. But that was actually. I love your. I love your. I love your measurements, by the way. You're just like, yeah, I had a little bite, and then I had another little bite, and then I just ate the rest. Like, no measurements <laughs> of, like, because when I do my edibles, I'm always like, all right, so here's a hole. I'm going to cut this into quarters, and then I'm going to take those quarters, and I'm going to cut them into an eighth, and then I'll take that, that, and that's good for me. Yeah, you need a knife. You need I do, like, a nibble. To, like, like measure it out. Good. A nibble. Okay. That don't make no but difference. But you want to know what happens really cool is thing. it's too small. So you end up just like moving your teeth and biting more. And then you end up with a, way too much. That's 100% what so like, So but, like for me, when I when I do my edibles, if I'm like real spastic, uh, I'll like, so if I want to get high, because sometimes I want to get high, sometimes I don't. Like <laughs> if I'm home chilling and I'm spastic and I just want to chill watch a funny-ass movie and giggle all night, I'll take a quarter of that cube. But if I if I got shit to do that day, and I'm, I'm like, trying to do stuff, and I just don't want to be spastic, I'll eat an eighth. And that's enough. 25 milligrams or, like, 12 and a half is plenty. Cause yeah. Because how often do you do them? 
usually every night, like, a, but usually a really, really Man. small little nibble. Not every night. That's a lie. So you're but doing like, like any night, almost. yeah, like any night that any night that I'm trying to go to bed before ten o'clock, which lately has been most nights I've been trying to go to bed before ten o'clock because I've been trying to wake up earlier to start my day earlier, be more productive. <laughs> I use right. weed to get more productive, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also because I have ADD and I take Adderall during the day, so sometimes if I take my, okay, I sound like a total druggie, but I'm not, I, but like, I wonder how that works, because I don't know enough about drugs, you'll have to tell me, like, is Adderall the opposite, are you doing fucking uppers and downers with Adderall and weed, or? Not really, like, so... My, I take a really small dose of Adderall, but, right. and, I, and I usually take it, like, really early in the morning, but if there's a day where I take it just slightly too late, then I will end up staying up too late, and gotcha. so I use the edibles to kind of help calm that down. If it, like, if I take my Adderall, usually I take it at, like, 7 a.m. or, like, 6, 7 a.m., but some days if I, like, sleep in a little bit later or I just, like, forgot to take it on time... I will take it at, like, 9 or 10 a.m., and on those days, I'm like, shit, I'm going to be up all freaking night if I don't take something else. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah. so you were saying you were crawling up the stairs, just, like, feeling like you were going to yeah. die. No, no, not feeling like I was going to die. I, I cognitively <laughs> thought I already died. I thought I, thought oh, no. I was dead already. But the crazy Jesus. thing is about that... Here, like, a silver lining here is I was really sad that right. I died. And, like, there's a long period in my life where I was, like, hoping to die. So, right. it was actually, the next day, that's I actually, was like, wow, that's I actually was one really of those sad that they... I died. <laughs> that, so, that's <laughs> one of the things they talk about with all different types of drugs or, like, especially, like, psychedelic drugs. Because, you know me, I, recently I've been on this kick. I want to try shrooms, but... I have no idea where to get any, <laughs> and uh, and I want to wait till it's nice outside and go walk through some woods and eat some shrooms. And, but uh, th- that's the whole thing. It's like you have that moment where it's just getting so bad, you feel like you're gonna die, and then you have that. That's why people say you have that spiritual experience. You have that like epiphany moment where you're just like, all right, this is it. What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? How do I feel about my life? And you have all these thoughts in that moment. And that, you know what's from the crazy time. About? Yeah. Like, in that moment, this was, and this is the first time mm-hmm. for me, like, in my life, really, in that moment, I was like, because I did have that feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, I already died. How do I feel about my life? And, like, I was sad that I was dying, but for a totally different reason than, like, I was uh-huh. sad, but I was okay. Like, I was like, I'm so sad I'm dying because I was finally enjoying my life. But I was like, but it's okay because I was enjoying my life. That's how I felt. Right. Like, before, That's before good, like, I've always wanted to, I, like, any other time, even like without drugs, <laughs> just sober, I was right. like, oh my God, I just want to die. Like, my life would be easier if it just ended today. Everyone else's life around me would be easier <laughs> if it ended today. I should kill myself. And with my edible, I was like, holy crap, I don't want to die. I have so much more life to live. I'm so sad that it's over. (laughs) 
And I was like, sure. I, don't know, I felt like I was at my own funeral. But then I woke up the next day. I was like, oh, thank God. I have another, another day. But I will tell you, since that experience, I have been 100% living my life the way I, the way my best nice. self would live my life. Because I know that I'd be sad if I died today. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome, then. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's giving, giving you a different perspective. And that was why I heard some guy talking about, he was talking about how shrooms, like, they did a study on people in prison, and they showed that, like, 20% of people who had had one experience with mushrooms were, like, l- less likely of committing crimes. Again. Which is crazy. Shrooms yeah. can really lower crime rate <laughs> by everybody just having one little uh, life experience, spiritual experience, where they get to look internally at themselves and at their life because of that moment. Yeah. And I think in that moment, too, it, it just, like, makes you, it forces you to let go. Because that's the thing with edibles and shrooms and all that. You You eat it. And then you're on the ride. There's nothing you can do. You're fucked. God, that's like true. if you <laughs> Yeah. Like if you if you eat too much, oh well. You're you got a good twelve hours of feeling like you're dying. I'm being funny part, feeling like you're paralyzed, like you can't move. Like <laughs> you're just and that was that was the funny part. When I when I first started taking edibles, the first time like one of the first times I did it, I I looked over at my nurse and I was like, yo, I feel paralyzed, and they and they just started dying laughing. Because <laughs> like, really, you are <laughs> you are paralyzed. <laughs> but that's the funny part. Because like for me right now, even like I don't feel paralyzed. Like it doesn't feel like I can't move. Like to me right now, I, even ever since my accident, I remember when I was when I was in the hospital. One of the first things I told, like Dad told me this, and like I, I remember it now. It's I kept telling people that just sit me up in my bed. Like, you know that feeling when you get up in the morning and you sit on the edge of the bed and you have your feet on the floor and then you just kind of push up? That's mm-hmm. before that push when you're getting up out of your bed. That's what I feel like all the time. So it that, feels like, like if, Yeah, that initiating, that just initial just... I'm so relaxed from being asleep in my bed. It feels like I can't move. It feel like it feels like I don't want to move. And then you just force yourself like, oh, I got to get in the shower or whatever. And then you yeah. just push yourself off the floor. And so when I was in the hospital, I kept telling people, yo, just sit me up on the edge of bed. I'll get up. <laughs> <laughs> and then dad actually did it. One day he sit me on the edge of bed and then I was trying, trying hard and just <laughs> nothing happened. Yeah. But then, as far as like edibles and drugs go, so I know, because a lot of people always ask me um, how I function with all that, if I'm able to do all that. And I don't really like to smoke because I hate putting shit into my lungs. It's kind of difficult for me to smoke too because it's hard for me to like pull. Um, yeah. But it, uh, especially with my ventilator, it's hard to pull. But, uh, so I eat it, and I usually do it if I'm real spastic and I, my muscles are tight. I do I do that almost like a muscle relaxer. Yo, the other night, I got fucked up. Like, 
messed up. <laughs> and we were, so Kelly, my friend Kelly came and grabbed me. We went out to the bar and we're there with some friends drinking. <coughs> and I ended up drinking a lot, like probably three or four shots and like two strong ass martinis. And, Yikes. and then so, right. But it was, it was still somewhat early because I figured we'd be out late. Um, it was still like 10 something. <laughs> and like <laughs> I, I had already went hard right and so we're out on the dance floor I'm I'm doing, doing my thing riding in circles <laughs> and uh this guy comes up to me around like one because I'm like sobering up at this point by one o'clock I'm like good I'm sober sobering up somewhat I'm still drunk but this guy on the dance floor comes up to me with a vape and he's like, yo, go ahead and hit, hit you, want, you want some of this? And I'm like, sure, oh. why not? Once I get drinking, I don't, I don't know what no is. I'm like, all right, let's do it. How'd that go? <laughs> Ambition. Oh, man. So, like, for for weed and alcohol, for those that don't know, it's more of a, it's very polarizing effects. So, if you're drinking and you smoke some weed, it gets you tore up it like intensifies <laughs> the high if you are really really high on weed or edibles and you go drink a beer it kind of levels you up it levels you out and i've done that at parties because i was like so messed up on an edible i i needed something to level me out and alcohol kind of does that but this time i had took two puffs off this damn vape and the only other time, the last time I did a vape was, like, two summers ago. And I was at a party with, like, probably ten people who were all in wheelchairs. And they, I was the only one there <laughs> with a spinal cord injury. And everybody else had muscular dystrophy. And it blew my mind as, like, the sun started going down. It starts getting late. Everybody. Not some. Not a few people. Every single one of them pulled out their vape and started <laughs> vaping and it was because it was like end of summer kind of cool kind of cool outside and so all all of us you know like I was like damn all of them have vapes and a buddy of mine so the buddy of mine who invited whose house it was and who invited me he uh his friend who take who helps take care of him he was telling me that like certain some nights they'll be uh like row, especially anybody who can't move on their own. There's mm. there's nights where you're just uncomfortable. Like the same way anybody else says. You have you have nights where you're uncomfortable and you're like moving around, trying to get comfortable and all this stuff. And for us, we end up have in order to like do all those things to get comfortable, we have to call people to help us. So we have nights where we're constantly like, "Hey, so and so, can you help me? Hey, so and so, can you help me?" And you feel bad. Cause you're sitting there constantly like, hey, can you move my pillow? Hey, can you pull the blanket up? Hey, can you do this? And it's like, yeah. oh, you feel bad. And Todd, the uh, guy who was helping him, he says when he has nights like that, he'll take the vape in there and make him take two hits. Just take two hits off, the, off this vape and Roe goes to sleep. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably why yeah. I why it helps me sleep, too. I, I mean, I can't vape because my lungs just don't handle it because hashtag asthma. But, right. like, Even when that? Took, the water vapor? 
Oh God, Jr. gave me a hit of his vape in nah, the Super Bowl, that's and nicotine. I literally died. Yeah. That's nicotine. That's not nicotine is gonna burn. It's, I can't. Yeah. I can't breathe anything in. Like it just. I suck at breathing. My. <laughs> it's not my <laughs> my strong suit. So I'm better. At, I'm really good at eating though. I'm so good at eating. It's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. I do better with the edibles, but. Um, I think it's part of the reason, too, why it helps me sleep. Not just the fact that it right. makes me pass out, but because I, I'm able to get comfortable easier. Like, I can fall asleep in for any sure. position. I just, like, pass out. Yeah, for me, it's tough. There's that fine line. Like, be, like kind of like that moment of when you're, like, thinking about your life or, like, the moment you have to just let go. When it just is too much, you realize you just... You just have to go with the ride. It's, it's, I have to get to there to be able to sleep. So if Jesus. I do a little, <laughs> well, I'm just sitting there. Right. It's messed up. Because if I just do enough for my body to be relaxed and all that, I'm in the giggly stage. I'm in there just fucking slap happy, <laughs> making my nurses laugh. Like, hey, look what I can do. And uh, just doing stupid shit. Or like faking uh distresses just to freak them out or like and just sit there thinking (laughs) like i'll literally just sit there thinking about dumb shit like wow the the squares on the wall are so big or whatever just stupid shit so in order for me to not get like that i have to do a lot so for me i try not to do edibles to go to sleep but usually when i do them i'm spastic and it's like right before i go to bed just so yeah. I can fall asleep before it before it kicks in. I think that was a, the issue, too. I usually take it right before I go to bed, too. Like, as I'm laying my head on the pillow, right. I'll take a bite, and I'll, it'll help me fall asleep. If like, I'll, I'll actually probably fall asleep on my own, and I feel like it helps me, like, stay asleep. But that night when I took too much, I took it... Mm-hmm. It felt like three years before going to bed. Like, it was the longest night of my life. It was probably, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. But I was up, we were watching TV, and suddenly... This, we were watching um, the new Netflix, like, stand-up comedians of the world or something like that. Have oh, yeah. That? that one's good. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so freaking funny. Which country and do literally, you like? we were watching the U.S. Um, ones. There's this Canadian okay. guy that's super funny, too. But yeah. we were watching the U.S. ones, and I literally have never laughed Shakespeare. so hard in my life. The South African yeah. ones? Yeah. Those ones are dope. I haven't watched those yet. I like yeah. the Canadian guy who talked about, like, all the things about poop. Like, I'm not yeah. into, like, poop humor, but it was really funny. Right. One stand-up I saw recently that had me fucking dying, which was kind of like this. Because he's, like, a goofy dude. He's that funny dad at parties. Uh, I watched Pete Holmes on <laughs> HBO recently. And oh, yeah. he was, and the entire stand-up, like, I really want to take an edible and rewatch it. Because it's just nothing but random dumbass thoughts that you have when you're on <laughs> edibles. You're just like, wow, look at that. Or I wonder, like, all that type of stuff is in is in his stand-up. And it's really funny. Can I blow my nose? Is that weird? Nope. Go for it. Can we do it on the pod? I want to hear well. it. Good push. Yeah. <laughs> Mmm, yummy. It's just a little bit. <laughs> you had a cold the other day, right? You still got it? Yeah, it's like the little final stages of a cold. 
It wasn't anything yeah. crazy. Just runny nose and sore throat. All right. So there was something I wanted to talk to you about, which I don't think we've really talked about this. Thank you. Like we've we've mentioned, yeah, we've we've mentioned small bits to each other, but we haven't like really talked about this. So like, I talked to in, in my lab po- podcast like about my accident day and how that went down, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever asked you like so. I was waiting at your locker, waiting for mm-hmm. you to come out of class. And I, I know you give me shit for skipping class, but I wasn't really skipping. I just got out of class early. But <laughs> you, uh, <Whatever>. know, because, <laughs> right, because you and your boyfriend at the time were like inseparable. So y'all were all like always together. And I think you both walked up on me in the hallway because he actually just told me recently how he came up on me but I don't know I I wanted to ask you like how what happened that day and how'd that go down so I think wow you're gonna like ask like a really loaded question hold on let me sip my wine really quick yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and just because this this is something I've always been curious of because a lot of people in my situation remember their accidents they break their neck and then they're lying underwater or they lying on a highway waiting for help and I don't have that moment so I'm always curious what what went down so that's almost like what you just said is almost how that experience was for me like I felt like I was the one lying on the ground waiting for help um so that day I stayed after class because I, like, super failed a math test. Like, not just, like, kind of failed. I, like, all the way failed a math test. And my teacher <laughs> wanted, to, wanted to talk to me about my score. And so I stayed after to talk about it. I was like, can we do something? Like, no, you really fucking failed. Like, you didn't even try. Like, that's pretty much how it went. But I stayed after to, like, see if I could do something about my grade. And I, for the longest time, like, for years, I think for at least, like, five years, it took me to, like, stop blaming myself for staying after class because I always thought wow what if I just like left class on time maybe I could have stopped you maybe I could have done something different but so I, I stayed after class a few minutes and then I walked to my locker and I remember that week there were a couple kids throughout the school who had like fainted and like someone had like a seizure that week and so I saw you laying on the ground I didn't register that it was you at the time I just saw a kid laying on the ground people crowded around him and I was like oh Another kid fainted, and I stepped over you. I stepped over you and got to my locker. And I was, and so I was like, Desiree, that's your brother. And then I realized it was you and started screaming at the top of my lungs and, like, sobbing, crying. And I didn't know what, what had happened. At the time, I thought you, like, passed out or, like, had a seizure, kind of like the things we had seen happening at school that week, just, like, random weird things happening. And I was so, I was freaked out about that. Like, I thought you fainted and I was freaking out like crazy about that. And so I'm, I had my phone. I was calling 911. I was yelling down the hallway for people to call 911. And I couldn't get signal. I, it was, I called 911 so many times and it wouldn't go through. And I was just screaming, somebody call 911, get an ambulance. I was screaming, running down the hallway, running to the office. Finally, they pull me into, um, into like the main office and took like, a little like room and I remember um, it was me, 
I think Drew Davis and was it Justin? I think that was with me. Who was with you and did the backflip? Was it Justin yeah. and Drew? Yeah, them two, yeah. Yeah, so they were in the, ho- in the office with me and I was like sobbing, crying. And my cheer coach, uh, Cindy Nelson, she was actually trying to calm me down. She was like, it's okay. It was probably just a seizure. Plenty of people have seizures and are just fine. It's not a big deal. So she's calming me down. And I was finally feeling like, okay, like, okay, it's not a big deal. Calm down. Because I'm like the super protective big sister. Like, I don't want people to know that. I've been like crazy protective of you my entire yeah, life. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the funny part. When you said that you didn't realize it was me, I was like, oh, wow. Because, like, I remember when I got into a fight at Winterfest, you freaked <laughs> the fuck out. Like, you heard it was me, and there was, like, some girl screaming, and you, like, went off on the guy, and even though Yeah, I, I tried to fight a kid, yeah. Right, you so, fought, you tried yeah, I'm like, to fight the kid I had just fought, and, it, yeah, so. In a dress. <laughs> So yeah, I'm crazy, crazy protective of my little brother. And so my cheer coach who worked in the office, she's calming me down. She's like, Desiree, it's okay. It's just a seizure, probably. He's probably fine. People have seizures all the time. Not a big deal. Just relax. We'll call your dad. We'll get him here. And then finally, Drew and Justin kind of walk in, and they're like visibly shaken. I'm like, what happened? Like, tell me what happened. And then they said he was just trying to do a backflip. And that's when I lost it because then I realized it wasn't just a seizure. You didn't just pass out. You had done a backflip, but I thought you died. So I was freaking out. And I remember we were trying to call dad. Yeah, it was. It was close. And we were trying to call dad and I couldn't get through to dad. And I remember calling mom and I couldn't get through to mom. And like nobody that I knew was answering the phone. I remember when I was calling 911, nobody, like I couldn't get through to 911. I couldn't get through to our parents. And I just felt so helpless at the time. And then finally, Mimi, um, landlord and neighbor, um, I think they got a hold of Mimi and I think maybe Aunt Kathy. And somehow one of them got a hold of Dad. And then I remember Dad, who worked like a half hour away from the school, I remember Dad getting there in like what felt like 10 minutes. Like, I don't know how he got there that fast. Well, I know how he got there that fast. He was like... Crazy speeding. What? But he, he got there that, he told me that super story the fast. Day. Yeah, he told me that story. I was I was sitting in on their Bible study, and he was talking about it and talking about that day. And he said, like, ever since that day, whenever he gets passed on, on the road, like if he's driving and a car passes him or someone's driving real fast, he literally, like, doesn't bat an eye just because you never know what's going on in someone's life. I do the same thing, and, too. Whenever I see someone speeding on the highway, I let them pass me because I never know if maybe they're trying to get to their kid or to their loved one or maybe there's an emergency in their lives. And I, like, I don't fuck with road rage. Like, if someone is speeding or driving erratically on the road, I assume there's something really wrong going on in their life. Yeah. Yep. And then, then so then. Dad got there. Yeah, dad got there. Dad got there to the school. Yeah, to the school. To the school. And then. Mr. Rogers, oh, your band teacher, gave us yeah. a ride to the hospital because he's like, Dad's not a good place to drive. Mr. Rogers drove us to the hospital. And they still hadn't told us what was really wrong. All they said is that they had to transfer you to U of M. And, like, we saw you, like, on the stretcher, but we couldn't – they wouldn't let us, like, get to you or close to you. We just kind of saw them taking you from – on a stretcher from one place to the, to the next. Then they put you in the helicopter, took you to U of M. Then we drove up to U of M. I think Mr. Rogers drove us there, too. Maybe it was Mimi that drove us to 
here on Valley and then Mr. Rogers to U of M. I don't know. That part doesn't matter. But um, we drove to U of M and um, waited in the waiting room for literally hours for them to let us know what ha- what happened. And the waiting room was such a mixture of emotions because there was so much family there, friends there, so many people were there uh, at the time of your accident. And then we would, like, go from... We would go from moments of, like, sobbing, crying to, like, laughing hysterically. Like, we would think about what, like, we're like well, I hope Drew's okay. Like, what if he dies? What's going to happen? We, was, we had no idea what we were expecting to hear. And then somebody would, like, tell a joke about something funny that you did growing up, and we'd just start dying hysterically laughing. And then we'd get sad again. And then we would think about another memory with you and just start dying hysterically laughing. And then we'd get sad again. And then finally hours like super late at night they finally came back they, a doctor came out and let us all know that you were paralyzed and I remember all of us just erupted in like sobbing tears and like we're just like completely shocked and heartbroken and couldn't believe the news and didn't know what to expect from the news and then um I remember that was a Friday it was the week before spring break and I remember we were supposed to be going to visit mom in Chicago and she was going to take us to see the Blue Man Group in downtown Chicago. And this just shows how stupid, not even stupid, but just how ignorant I was at the time to like what to expect. And, and so I, I try to be as forgiving as possible to people when they say, oh, how's your brother? Is he okay now? Because you really have no idea what to expect in a situation like that. Because I remember thinking, okay, so Drew's paralyzed from the neck down. We'll get him a wheelchair. We can still go to Chicago next week, right? That was still my thought process. I was like, so we're still going to Chicago to go see Blue Man Group. Your mind mind doesn't know to stop and, like, stay in that moment. You're constantly, you're like, you were probably thinking about that days prior, like, going out to Chicago and stuff. So you can't just tell your mind, all right, just stop thinking about this thing. Because it was the same type of deal type of deal with me I was still thinking about school and all this stuff well but but even like that entire time that entire week when you're in the hospital I think I was just I I think my brain was literally shutting down and had no idea how to respond because that entire time I don't think my brain allowed me to register how serious your accident was because I kept thinking I'm like well everybody was telling me what's going on like no this is very serious Desiree like he's gonna be in a wheelchair likely the rest of his life, like, there's 5% chance of him ever walking again, and I was like, okay, but what does that have to do with our plans next week? Like, can't we still take him? Like, why don't we just put him in the car? So, like, so had- what we were talking about, we were talking about stand-ups. Mm-hmm. You should really go watch uh, Daniel Sloss, because he, he talks about a moment like this in his life. He had a sister with cerebral palsy, and he talks about how uh, I don't want to spoil it, but you can uh, go ahead and spoil it. <laughs> he talks about a moment like that, and just how he was still thinking, "Oh, all right, I'll just pick up my book bag and go back to school." And his parents were like, "No, we're gonna stay here and cry for a little bit." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because your mind is still going. And like literally, all I could think about, because like, I remember um, that trip. That was going to be the first time that mom was going to let me bring my boyfriend to her house in Chicago. And I was like, 
oh, I'm going to bring my boyfriend. Oh, my God. And we're going to go see Blue Man Group. Oh, my God. Like, I was, well, because I was 16. I was 16. (laughs) And fucking stupid. And, like, all I could think about was myself and how this impacted me. I couldn't think about how this was going to affect our family forever. And then going. The part that. And then what? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, the part that makes me sad about all this, as as far as us, is I don't think people really realize just how close we were before my accident. Like, and we were still we're we're still close, and we were still close after. But it it never felt the same to me. I don't know about you, but it like. Is this because we can't poop at the same time and and talk on the phone while we're pooping? (laughs) Exactly. Shit like that. Shit like us being in the kitchen cooking and then you all of a sudden wanting to try on the onesie I'm planning on wearing tomorrow (laughs) and then pissing yourself and pissing in my onesie because you weren't able to get out of it quick enough. And just, like, stupid shit like that. Or just, like, every day. Like, it was an everyday thing. Like, yeah. we woke up together. We, Because Dad, it was really just us three. Me, yeah. you, and Dad. And, and Dad was trying so hard at work so that we could do everything we wanted to. We were kind of self-sufficient from, what, 6 a.m.? For me, 5 a.m.? For me, 8 a.m. Right. <laughs> until, every day. <laughs> until like 9, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. When he'd get back and we'd go to school, figure out our homework, figure out how to do our extracurricular stuff, how to do our life. And together we were always like in school, everybody else, like siblings, would have tiffs and stuff. And me and you, it was like, we got excited when we had the same lunch hour. We got excited when we could get a class together. Like, that was our, our biggest excitement that year, was that we had a class yeah. together, and there was, like, eight people in that class. So it was, like, a small-ass class. We could just goof around and have fun and, yeah, and, stuff and like that. And I think and that, t- that, um, that was actually the reason why I ended up staying in that classroom basically the rest of my time in high school was because that was the class that we had together. And, like, I remember when I when I went back to school on Monday, maybe it wasn't Monday, I don't know, whatever day I went, whenever I went back to school and you weren't there with me, I sat in the computer lab the entire day and basically for the rest of the year because that was the class that we had together and that was, like, the only place I felt normal. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. And mm-hmm. then, like... This year, so I'm coming up on the anniversary, March 26th, and this might be nine years. Nine years. And when I think about that, like, I have another year before I'm I'm ten years out. And the the thing that my mind goes through is, all right, so what's the earliest memory you have? How old are you? Four, five? Two. Really? Yeah, Not I, me. I remember a lot of stuff. That's weird. That's weird. For me, I my remember earliest a lot of memory stuff. is like like that's spotty. Like those memories are pretty spotty. 
But mm-hmm. my earliest, like, strong memory is, like, five. And yeah. so, and I was 15 when my accident happened. <clears throat> so that's, like, 10 years of memories before my accident. And I'm coming up on 10 years after my accident. And it, it, it just, it's on my heart heavy right now. Because I think about... Part of me is still very connected to me before my accident. I still feel like that's who I am. It, it's hard to convince myself. Like, yeah, this is life. This is me forever. Yeah. Which, granted, I, I don't believe I'm going to be like this forever. I, I believe I'm going to get up. But it's like I'm coming up on 10 years. And it's like all the memories before my accident are just going and going and getting more and more disconnected and it's making me kind of kind of sad and like scared I don't want to be disconnected from that like I had a dream the other night and just because I don't do it like I I have dreams I'm walking all the time Mm -hmm. but I had a dream and then I go into the bathroom and I literally couldn't remember which nozzle on the sink was hot or cold I don't know is it left or right stuff like that is like it sucks like it just little stuff like that is all just going away and it I don't know I said I wouldn't cry on here but (laughs) don't cry you're making me cry yeah it, it sucks for whatever it's, it's worth, sad, though, before but, I start crying, like, you're a way cooler person now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're less of a dick now, and I think I think a lot of us right. are. Like, I know I'm a less shitty person sure. because of your accident. I know our, our family sucks less because of your accident, which... Right. It sucks that it had to happen, but now, this is going to be a shitty thing to say, but if it had to happen to anybody, I'm glad it happened to you because I think that you're the one in our family who is most capable of handling it. Like, if this shit happened to me, like, I know I wouldn't have handled it the way that you did and the way that you continue to. Because I was never, like, the mentally strong one. And same with, like, JR or mom. Maybe dad. Maybe dad would be the only other person who would have handled it in the same way as you. But I think anyone else in our family would have given up and just said, fuck it, this is my life. Because I've had less shit happen to me and have gotten to points where I'm like, fuck it, this is just my life. But after your accident, I now no longer have that mentality because I see all the things that you do and think, okay, if my brother can get through all that, then what's this little hiccup in my life right now? I mean, even, like, stupid shit, like, like with work, like, with, with working from home and, like, being my own boss like that's hard to like be disciplined enough to get your work done when there's no one holding you accountable and there's things in my work day that real that I really struggle with and anytime I hit those obstacles I'm like well fuck like if Drew can go to U of M and graduate doing math in his fucking head I can figure out how to fucking work Instagram like my life's not that hard and <laughs> like it sounds so dumb but like yeah. it but not even just that but like everything that I do that I go through in life I, I I see the things that you've done and think well if he can do that I can do anything 
So I, I, I think that your accent so definitely had a I'll, huge I'll impact. You. Right. And I, I'm glad that I, I feel the same way because I, I am able to push through a lot. But I will tell you, it's, it's, it's been nine long years. I, I am getting tired. Yeah. I'm tired of having to push through all this bullshit all the time. And it is weighing on me, and it is difficult. But it's, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going I'm to keep through, getting through it and keep being myself while I get through it. And still enjoying life, still loving life and all that. No part of me is like, oh, I can't wait to die or whatever. And I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll give everybody my, my take on life and death and completely break it down. But um, for now, it's like, yeah, I'm just tired. Tired of dealing with all this bullshit. Honestly, what would make it a whole lot better is if I could breathe on my own and just not have everybody with me all the fucking time. It's it's constant. It's always someone. It's always me having to deal with someone. Every single person who works for me and and is here to help me. And it's like, I'm grateful that. I love that. But at the same time, they all do shit every single day that pisses me off. <laughs> and I'm supposed to just be cool with it. And I, I let it go. I, I try to just like I've been doing meditation a lot lately and that's one of the things too because like I'm, I'm coming up on this 10 year anniversary and I want something to show for it I don't want to come into the 10 year anniversary still not able to move the same things still at the same level as I was before so like I'm putting in a whole lot of work a whole lot of physical therapy as much as I can doing all that I can just so that Maybe a year from now, I can move my arms where I want them. Well, and okay, that would I'm free me up so much. I know, that it would but just I do. Make me so I happy. I do want to point out this though, because I think that what you're going through and what you're experiencing is something that we all experience. We all look at our lives and think, "Man, like I wish I'd be farther along by this point, like in anything." And I I saw a quote, and I think I may have posted this on Instagram the other day or something, but. It was, like, years ago, I used to pray for some of the things that I have now. I used to wish I had some of the things that I have now. And there are things I take for granted, things I don't think about. Because, like, life is still hard. Life still has struggles. Life still has things that I have to overcome. And I still have bigger, better goals. But remember, there was a point where you couldn't sit straight up in your chair without getting dizzy. You know? For sure. Like, remember, like, there were, there were times where you couldn't do physical therapy because... We didn't have the wearable therapy and getting to and from the facility and getting dressed and undressed was a nightmare and it wasn't worth the time. So like to say that you have nothing to show for the 10 years is just not true because you totally do. You have a degree. You didn't have that 10 years ago. You have a podcast. You didn't have that 10 years ago. So you do have things to show for in these 10 years. And hello, we have video of you moving your fucking arms and you can breathe without your vent maybe not long term maybe not enough to not need a vent but a hell of a lot longer than you could when you first got out of the hospital so you do have shit to show for these 10 years it's just we we can't rush god's timing and that's the the hard thing to accept in life (laughs) 
Right, for sure. But what you pray for will happen. Yeah. So something I was like a part of that. Part of that I know is getting, um, getting out more, trying to travel more. I know that'll make me feel better as well. Because I haven't really traveled um, in this time just because when, when we used to travel in high school, like for marching band, we used to go to Indianapolis. And that's, what, four hours? Or then mar- uh, band camp up north was another four hours away. And it's mm-hmm. like that stuff was so difficult. <coughs> and I was so uncomfortable in all those times that part of me doesn't even want to travel now. And, but I do. But and I, I know you're talking about your wedding. Like, I want to be able to get there for your wedding in Cancun or wherever in Mexico you want to have it. That's, that's something I want to do. And I will do it. And we'll figure it out. But, yeah, um, yeah that's where I'm at. Speaking of weddings, you're all, you're all missed engaged now. <laughs> Sorry, did I call you miss again? Yeah, but, don't call me miss. Big Rock. Yeah. Sorry. But, like, all right, so I want to hear you explain this ring to everybody and your wedding plans and talk about how much no. of a bullshit weddings are. Okay, what? weddings are bullshit. Oh, I will you, share you, that. You want to keep My wedding keep. stuff is a secret. It's a surprise. Oh. Okay, but can you say? I don't know. Can't I'll, say talk, I'll talk about the wedding industry as a whole. The All wedding right. industry as a whole is fucking bullshit and i'm not right. here for it um right. everything, so and it, everything nearby is like super expensive yeah and I, th- and I think for the most part people know this but like i think first of all working i i think working weddings with nate's mom who's a wedding photographer and assisting her in like a bajillion different weddings over the last four four and a half years um has really opened my eyes to how stupid and pointless it is to spend a ton of money number one and number two to get all worked up about one day because I've been to super low budget weddings and I've been to super huge budget weddings and all of them honestly are about the same (laughs) like exactly you know give or take a few things here and there like yeah some of the nicer weddings have like better food or whatever but none of the only thing that made the weddings memorable were the people like having the right people there having good music and yeah but it's crazy it's just afterwards oh yeah all the pictures matter too but we got that covered because nate's mom is the bomb.com but um although i am worried because i i want her to have a trustworthy assistant for my wedding but i'm her trustworthy assistant so i'm like who the fuck's gonna assist with our wedding so (laughs) um I might assist in photographing my own wedding. Just kidding. Please don't. But I won't. Right. I honestly don't want. I don't. I don't want Luanne to do my wedding. We've already had this conversation right. though. She says that yeah, she's that's, going to. That's stupid. I was she like, I want be able to just come and experience her. For I know. Her son's wedding. I'm like, I, I want you to just enjoy it. But I also like don't trust a lot of other photographers, and she doesn't either. So that's why she wants to do it. Gotcha. Also, yeah. wedding photography is super expensive, and it'd be paid for. So. Okay, white dresses, for example. Like, I'm still going to have a white dress. But white dresses, for example, do not represent, like, purity or virginity or whatever. Like, the only reason why people had white dresses in weddings were because back in the day, a long time ago, 
wearing white was a sign of wealth. So because back way back, way back in the day, they couldn't afford to wash their clothing. So if you wore a white dress, that meant that something right. It means you're not dirty. And well, that no, goes all the way back. N- not even just even that. Like, not even just that. It means that if you have a white dress, it means that you, you can afford to, to throw things. it away. Right. You, if it gets dirty, you can afford oh, to throw gotcha. it away because you couldn't gotcha. wash it. <laughs> and I know back in the day, a big a big status thing was not being dirty because that shows you don't have to do jobs that make you yeah. dirty. And like, exactly. if, like, especially in England and Europe, it was like if you... If you were dirty, if your clothes were dirty and all that stuff, that means you had to do a job like coal or you had to do a job working for someone. And it was almost like a a status thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, for example, I was looking at, like, different venues and stuff. If you call a venue and say that you're doing, like, a grad party or family reunion, they'll give you one price. And if you call the exact same venue and say it's for a wedding, they'll give you a totally different price. It's such right. fucking bullshit. So I'm yeah. I'm really over the whole Stupid. wedding planning thing. But I told Dad and Tracy, because we still haven't talked, like, budget or anything, but I was just like, you guys plan it. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to show up. I'll, I'll bring a dress, and I'll be ready to go. Right. All I, my only request is that there's a large body of water involved. So either on Lake Michigan or on the ocean. That's my only request. Mm-hmm. And beautiful nice. weather and good pictures. That's all I care about. And I hope Nate's there, too. It would really suck if he didn't show up. <laughs> That's cool. It would suck if and he like like had Nate. plans that day. Right. All right, so I think we're coming towards the end. Um, I did okay. want to talk to you, obviously. That way everybody can hear about your uh, your job endeavors right now. You are a... Beachbody coach, and lately you've been killing it, and you actually <laughs> been able to like you quit your quit your like pharmaceutical job to do this full time, which is awesome. Yeah, how's that? How's it's that amazing. Going? It's awesome, and so it kind of ties back to what I was saying to you. How like sometimes you look at your goals and you're All like, right. I'm so far away, but you have to remind yourself like there were days where I prayed for the life that I'm living right now. Like, am I where I want to be yet? No, not even close. But I'm working full-time from home now, and I can do that. And that's a huge freedom that I wished I had two years ago when I got started. So it's really cool to be able to say that I've done that and I'm doing that. And I think one of the interesting things I noticed, like, you're, you're in it for the long run. Like, you've talked about all these coaches who take a shot like they just blow up at some point and sometimes it's three or four years in and then all of a sudden they just blow up and become millionaires so it's and you're in there for that long run and for that blow up which is cool and I I think too I, I think with my particular business I mean nowadays it like social media marketing, network marketing, multi-level marketing, even like social media influencing, it's all becoming so much more popular now because social media is growing the way it is. And like, if you talk to college students now, in fact, I talk to like girls in college all the time who like, they'll tell me like, I'm like, oh, so what are you going to school for? And say, oh, I'm studying exercise science, but my goal is to be a social media influencer one day. It's like social media influencer is like a real job title that people 
are actively exactly. pursuing. But the thing right. is with, with my business is that the people that get started just to say I'm an influencer or just to say, or just like to make a quick buck or because they know that there's a huge income potential, those are not the people that end up being successful at this. And that's one thing that I try to tell people when they get in. I'm like, yo, like don't do this unless you have a real heart for helping other people. Because if you at the at your core purpose for running this business is not to serve other people, you're not going to be successful. You can. Right. Like, I had a friend who she she said she says she used to quote herself saying, "I can sell snow to an Eskimo, like whatever." I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like you can be the greatest salesperson in the world, but if you don't want to help people. Your sales background doesn't matter in this business. You have to put people first. Okay. All right. So now I just want to close up, close up things. Um, so I promised last week that I would read people's iTunes reviews, all the five star reviews. Um, I would do that. All right. So here are the reviews. And one of the things, that I think is so funny, and we were joking about this earlier, is how everyone our age, all of our usernames <laughs> in iTunes are absolutely ridiculous. And it's so funny. I love it. So um, the first <laughs> review is from Shani Boo Boo Child. She said, describing Winterfest had me laughing out loud like a crazy person on my morning commute. Uh, laughing emoji. Love your thoughts and perspective about it all. Keep it coming. Thank you, Shani Boo Boo. Uh, Can I read uh, the next one? Yes, because we both know who this next person is, and his. But we can keep it a secret. Is absolutely ridiculous. All right, go for it. Okay, the next review is from King Dingling, eight nine eight nine eight 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 nine. King Dingling really? says... Who, who could that be? Right. I don't know. King Ding... It's not Drew, by the way, for those wondering. No. This is not Drew. Although Drew did leave a review for his own podcast, I'm just saying. And, like, didn't even make it anonymous. Wait, wait. Hold on. Before I, I, I tried to... Before, I read, it, so before I, I read King Dingling's, I want to just point out that there, there's a second comment that says, Very special. This podcast is close to me. Very nice perspective. From Drew Claiborne. Right. Like, you didn't even, like, come up with an alias. <laughs> you didn't even, like, try yeah, to, like, be someone else. You're like, this is a cool-ass podcast. Love Drew. What, what? Love me. Go me. Okay, anyway, King Dingling says, love it. Very nice. That's how you keep it real. Thank you, King Dingling, for your insight <laughs> and your five-star rating. That's awesome. Right. King Dingling. Well, I, the thing right. that throws me off is all the help. numbers at the end. Why right. so many numbers? Why not just like, 89? That's like saying King Dingling 8989 was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, damn it, I have to add, I have to eight, add more 8s eight, eight, and more 9s. Eight, nine. <laughs> King Dingling oh, was already oh taken. God. King Dingling 89 was already taken. King Dingling 8989 was already taken. <laughs> so he had to go off the wall. And be like, yo, I'm King Dingling, 8989, Yo. Oh, so stupid. Uh, right now, I'll also tell you, please, everybody, go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media you like to use, at Drew Claiborne. Um, 
if you want to read my blog and what inspired this podcast, go to thedrewcrew.org and you'll be able to read me, read my story, and read more in detail about how this came about. And also, if you're feeling generous, if you're feeling real, real frisky, go ahead and hit donate on the website and help me to continue to help others. We use that money not only to help me do what I do, but also to encourage others with spinal cord injuries that they can have a life and they can aspire to have a quality life that it gives them fulfillment and purpose. Uh, go ahead and share this podcast with everybody you know. And once again, if you go on iTunes and leave a five-star review, whatever you write in there, I'll go ahead and read it. And I'll also answer any questions you put in there. Absolutely any. Put it. I've had people reach out to me this week and give me topics they want me to talk about and touch on. And I'm going to make sure I do that. Um, so go ahead on there and give me your feedback. I want to hear I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what you think about our talks and see your opinion. See how you feel about this stuff. And if you want me to go into even more detail about some of this stuff, let me know. All right. Thank you, guys. Tune Bye. in next week. Bye, you. Desiree. Bye, Drew. Love you. <laughs> Love you, too. All them big ballers Don't do nothing for ya What you'd love a rich man Six foot two or taller You can't sit down right Cause your jeans are too tight And you're lucky it's ladies night With your big